So, welcome back. We are uh, continuing our little study through the book of Ephesians. If you have been with us, you remember that. If not, uh, a little reminder. Last week, we looked at the first half of chapter 3, and uh, I told you it was a, that section is a bit of a digression of thought. Paul starts one thing and then kind of gets off track and then comes back, so it's a a difficult little passage, but there were a few things I think we can take away from that, just review from last week. One is grace for ministry. We, uh, we are saved by grace, we live by grace, but we also are all called to serve and to minister in some capacity, and we need grace to do that as well. Uh, so God's grace is good for us as we uh, seek to reach out and, and care for others in the name of Jesus. And sometimes we need grace for that, don't we? It's not always, sometimes you don't feel like doing those things. Uh, I'm tired today. I don't want to do that, or or whatever. Or maybe somebody's being a little bit difficult, and we need a little extra grace to work in that. So that was uh, that was in last week's text, as well as the reality that uh, life can be hard sometimes, and we will go through challenges. There is there is going to be some suffering involved in the course of life. Jesus never uh, told us that life would be easy. Uh, he did tell us, though, that whatever we encounter in the course of life, that he would be with us. And uh, the one thing that I, I really felt was important in last week's topic was that whatever suffering we might encounter in life does not define us, that we are children of God, that we are sons and daughters of the King, and that's what defines who we are more than anything that we experience, good or bad, in life. Uh, third thing is that God is a revelatory God. He wants to make himself known to us, and if we will open our eyes and ears and uh, pay attention, we'll find God all around us in a lot of ways. Isn't that true? Isn't if you've been? I don't know about you guys. I love the fall. Fall is so beautiful, and I don't know what it is about the changing leaves, but I always just sense God's presence. I'm driving around, and you see that. Anybody else experience that? Good. Amen. And the last thing last week's passage talked about was unity, uh, and you know, just a reminder again that unity is not uh, optional. It's, it's not a good thing that we do. It's at the heart of our faith that God has called us as his people to be together and, and, to, and to really be for one another. And it's such an important thing that we keep that in mind. And again, especially, I think, in, in, as we consider uh, parts of the body of Christ or other people around us, that may be different than ourselves. Uh, it's always harder to be in unity with those that are different than us, but that is such an important thing. I, I, have, I have some dear friends of mine that I grew up with uh, who, who have, uh, they, they now practice uh, an Orthodox faith, Greek Orthodox, and they attend an Orthodox church. And uh, I, I, I love following their posts on Instagram and just seeing what God's doing in their life. So incredibly different. Uh, than, than what I do here with you, but so precious and so beautiful. And I just realized uh, how important unity is to the heart of God and uh, for us to be participants in that process as well. So that was last week. Today we're going to look at the second half of chapter 3. This is, the, this is another prayer. It's the second kind of lengthy prayer that Paul records for us in this book. Uh, it's a, another really pretty uh, profound and beautiful prayer and we'll just take some time this morning to kind of break it down and look at it. But let's go ahead and, and we will pray first, just to ask God to bless this time. So Father, we uh, thank you for your word. 
And I ask that it would strengthen and enrich our lives today, that we would uh, look into your word and hear from you and see from you those things that you have for us as we seek to walk our lives out in your presence. Amen. Okay, this is uh, Ephesians chapter 3, beginning of verse 14. I think I'll read it all the way through, and then we'll kind of come back and talk about it a little bit. He says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As we did uh, in chapter 1 with the prayer there, I kind of want to just look at the structure of the prayer for a minute, uh, and then uh, we'll kind of pick up on a couple points from there. But it's really six sections in this prayer. There's an address at the beginning, who is he praying to, and then a doxology at the end that closes the prayer, and then in between there are... uh, two requests or petitions that Paul makes, and then a purpose statement for each of those. So the address is, um, of course, uh, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven derives its name. We lose a little bit of the kind of poetic feel of the Greek uh, because the words father and family are, are the same root word in Greek, so they rhyme. They don't as much here, so we kind of lose that. But the idea is that we're all God's family. Every family comes from Him. Not some families, but again, we talked about the importance of unity a few minutes ago. And every family on heaven and earth is under that blanket of covering from God. Uh, His first petition, he asks that out of God's riches, He would strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Normally, I think typically, I I should say, when we think of God's power being present or God's power being manifest, it's kind of an external thing, right? So you think of maybe praying for someone and they're healed, and that's that's a manifestation of God's power. Or or someone has a prophetic word, and you go, well, that was a powerful word. So there's this sort of outward expression of God's power. But here, Paul is praying very specifically for something other than that. He's praying for God's power to be manifest internally in the inner being of a person. Uh, And we're going to come back to that verse and kind of hang out there a little bit today. Um, That's going to be the focus of our message. But I think it's it's a different expression of power than maybe we normally think of. And his purpose for asking for that, again, is the development or the formation of the inner self. And we're, we're going to talk about our inner self today. Uh, but, but first, the rest of the prayer. His, his second pet- petition is that uh, the Ephesians, or vicariously you and I, would be rooted and established in love and have power together with God's holy people. So uh, again, love is the beginning and love is the end. We're rooted in love. It starts with that. And then the reason he's praying that we would be rooted and established in love is so that we would grow in love. Uh, so that that love would would reach uh, new levels in our life, and we would come to understand uh, something, he says, that we would know something that we cannot know. Isn't that an interesting thing? 
Uh, he says, I, I pray that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge. There's really uh, two things I think come to my mind when I think about knowing something that you cannot know. The first is that uh, you, obviously he's not talking about something cognitive. It's not intellectual. It's not something that if you think hard enough and long enough about God's love, you're going to figure it out. That's not going to happen. Uh, it's not going to happen that it just one day the light bulb comes on and all of a sudden you understand God's love. 